I speak to you in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Amen. <clears throat> When, several weeks ago, Todd asked me to preach on this Sunday, I quickly assumed that I had a sermon somewhere in my files, and that would make preparation very easy, and um, you could dust it up, and off I go. Wrong. (laughs) Then I quickly discovered I would be preaching about demons, exorcisms, and pigs. Oh my. So let's take a moment to look at this gospel for today. This is one of four miracle stories told by you, Luke. The first was the calming of the storm at sea. Then this gospel, the healing of the Gerasene demoniac. Then resuscitating Jairus' daughter. And finally healing the woman with a hemorrhage. Certainly one thing to note here is that uh, Jesus cared for everyone, for perfect strangers. He just cared for anyone who needed help. We've heard some of this in the letter to the Galatians. There is no longer slave or free, no longer male or female. All are one in Jesus Christ. So let's look at the healing story. The city of Jairus, where this exorcism took place, had a population that was largely non-Jewish, so that herds of pigs would not be unusual. Jews, of course, were prohibited from eating pork, but not Gentiles. When Jesus arrived there, the man met him, fell down before him, and shouted, What have you to do with me, son of the Most High God? I beg you, do not torment me. Now, it's interesting that Jesus had already commanded the unclean spirit to come out of him. But then Jesus knew something was very wrong. The man was not clothed, and obviously something was terribly wrong with him. This man recognized in Jesus a spirit much more powerful than the one that possessed him. And when Jesus asked his name, he said his name was Legion. Many, many demons had entered him. The demons did not want to go back into the abyss from which they came. So Jesus gave them permission to enter the swine. They then, those swine rushed into the lake and drowned. Now, I imagine that those swine herds were not at all happy. Job gone. And then what would they say to the owner of that herd of pigs? Well, people came to see what had happened. They were afraid, despite the fact that he had healed the man and had demonstrated great power. What else could happen? Now, I'm not really familiar with exorcisms. I do know that if I were asked to do an exorcism, I would need the permission of my bishop. Fortunately, that has never happened. The closest I have ever come is when I've done celebration and blessing of houses or homes. There's an optional prayer in there that if 
people have bought, bought a home that has had unhappy events in it, there is a prayer that you can use. Let the almighty power of the holy God be present in this place to banish from it every unclean spirit, to cleanse it from every residue of evil, and to make it a secure habitation for those who dwell in it. Well, instead of looking around me to see if I could recognize any demons, undoubtedly there are a lot of them, and, but I can do absolutely nothing about that. So I decided I would look at myself and see if I could find any mini demons that torment me and make me act a little bit crazy at times. So now a personal story. A number of years ago, I decided to use some of my continuing education time to go to Gainesville, Florida, and to learn to administer the Myers-Briggs Type Indicator. I know many of you are familiar with that. I knew I could use it in premarital counseling and use it with groups such as vestries. And I learned a lot. I learned a lot about personality types and I learned a lot about myself. One thing I learned is that we all have an inferior function. When something unsettling happens, we revert to that, that function and are beside ourselves. Well, my inferior function is intuition, a sort of sixth sense. When something goes wrong, I intuit disaster. If someone's late, they're not just delayed by traffic. They had a terrible accident. When my teenagers were late <clears throat> and had stayed, <clears throat> excuse me, <clears throat> had stayed out beyond their curfew, they not only did not pay much attention to the time, they were in the hospital or they were dead. I must have been terribly annoying to anyone who would listen to me. That little demon kept saying, something terrible has happened. Something terrible has happened. With a new understanding of my crazy behavior, I can now at least recognize what I'm doing. And I can rein myself in and say to myself, Nancy, there you go again. And then calm down, say a prayer, and not drive everyone out of their crazy, including myself. Has this ever happened to you? Or do you know people who act this way? People who are beside themselves when something appears to go wrong. The author of this month's meditations in Forward Day by Day wrote his own description of what happens, and I will quote it. The encounter between Jesus and the Gerasene demoniac means a lot to me, he wrote. I see myself in the man. Not that I run around naked among the tombs, but I have let other forces sway me. No matter what I did, or whatever steps I took to change things, I would be driven by the demon into the wild. 
When I finally found myself, figuratively naked and afraid, with nowhere to look, but to look to the one who was reaching out to me, things changed. I'm far from perfect, but I am like the man who Jesus heals among the tombs. I am, thanks be to God, clothed in my right mind and sitting at the feet of Jesus. Another lesson that I learned from all of this is to be much more sensitive to those who seem to be beside themselves. I don't have to buy into their drama, but I can be a calming and healing influence. And I can turn to Jesus to calm myself. We are all called to be a compassionate and caring presence, <clears throat> to be present to those people who need understanding and healing, whoever they may be.